Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Day and Page, a West Des Moines Public Library podcast. I'm your host, Maggie Martin. In today's episode, we sat down with two teachers and two students from Stillwell Junior High School to talk about their year-long project titled Refugee Voices. Through this project, the 2021 to 2022 class of seventh graders worked with local refugees to create 26 picture books depicting the refugees' life story. Each of these books will be available here at the West Des Moines Public Library in our Meet Your Neighbors Story Box kits, and you can find the specific stories based on the region that the refugee is from. So, without further ado, let's start out by welcoming the students, Sully Flynn and Corey Mandler. And after we hear from them, we'll transition over to their teachers, Peter Bissinger and Melissa Clayton. Can you tell us first, what's your name and what's the title of the project you worked on? So I'm Sully Flynn. Um, the book that I published was 15 Soldiers. My name is Corey Mandler. The book that I published was My Roots. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the story that you worked on and who your subject was? So our refugee was Safi. He was from Afghanistan and he was in the army and he he was able to leave the country and he decided to take his 15 soldiers that he had with him and that's where the name comes from. Fantastic. And then Corey, what about you? Our refugee's name is Isan Yassin. She was born in Palestine, but when she was pretty young, she moved to Saudi to live with her father that was separated, and then moved from to Jordan, and eventually to America. Fantastic. Sully, can you tell us, did you write for this project? Did you illustrate for this project, or both? And what was that process like? Um, so I did a little bit of both, and so we kind of just, we did the words first. We decided what we wanted the text to be and then we based our images or our images and pictures off of that. Awesome. What about you, Corey? I'm the artist and I did the exact we are who did the exact opposite of whatever Soli did. Because <laughs> we actually did this we did the pictures first on accident. We didn't understand exactly. So we had the finalized pictures like this like we had the finalized pictures already done before the storyboard was even complete. Because we knew that those were going to be in the story, but they were just randomly put in like one at a time and we were able to put them into the story. Can you tell us, did you interview your subject? How did, how did that go? Sully, do you want to go first? So we interviewed our subject in person before we started our project to learn how he came to the country, how, and how he's coping with it and all of that. Corey, what about you? We did it on an interview online on the Zoom because we couldn't see them in person. So this is kind of an open-ended question for both of you. Uh, what did you learn while working on this project? Sully, do you want to start? It's kind of hard because what I was thinking about was the story itself and how people have to fight for what they have and things like that. And just all the aspects of the project. There's a million things I've learned. What about you, Corey? I learned that there's not just one definition for refugee. And you have to sympathize with with your refugee. As you both know, we're going to have these books in our collection here at the West Des Moines Library. So what does it mean to you that other people in the community will be able to read these stories? Sully, do you want to go first? Uh, it's crazy to me that <laughs> these are actually going to be read, like, read by people from the library. I don't really know how to explain it, it's, but it's great. I think it'll just be amazing that people will actually be able to see it in a library. 
and also it's great to share share the refugee story with everyone. Do you hope that this project continues on for years to come for future classes? And why why do you hope so, Sully? Um, I do hope it continues. It's a great opportunity to actually be working on something in school that other people can see. And it's not just a grade that your teacher sees and then you move on. It, it'll be there and stick with you. I do think it should continue on because it is important to like be able to spread like artwork of the refugees stories and if it's just into a like a local library it's that's that's a, that's still a step oh yeah miss clean yeah i want to say um corey is an amazing artist and he really i mean he led his group in that aspect um i think for sully there are so many moving parts when you're working in a group his role in the group was really being the group facilitator and leading and managing the entire project and making sure that it was done. So not only did the students, you know, learn the whole art and writing a book aspect, but they also learned a lot of leadership skills and holding each other and themselves accountable. And um, Corey's an awesome artist and did great with organizing that, but Sully's role was a little bit different. And I think that the skills that he learned from this project are a little bit different than Corey's. Would you say that, Sully? Yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting because everyone's different uh, and everyone has different skills so it's like it's very interesting just to like try to figure out how to manage everything and get it done on time with everyone's skill sets and how everyone is different in the way that they operate and so for me it was more of just like the making like deadlines timelines making sure everything was working because it's a process absolutely one thing I would add um, regarding Corey and his art talent and, 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 well, and Sully's management skills were so great with his group and every group he was in this year, but we, we brought Corey in. Um, we have two sections of humanities, and after he showed us his artwork, we had him present some of the things he did to make it to his class, and then we brought him into um, our other class, pulled him out of health class, I believe, to spend about 10 minutes talking about uh, how he did that art. Uh, cool. And that's one of the really cool things about this project. And Corey, I can guarantee you when we get started on this project next year that Ms. Clayton and I will be looking up your schedule and talking to your eighth grade teachers about bringing you in to, to give some tips about art as well, because um, you help not only your group, but a lot of other groups with your um, artistic talent and, and know-how with those digital tools on the Chromebook. I'm, I'm sure that both of you knew some about refugees um, before entering this project, but is there anything that you learned or surprised you um, or made you feel um, differently about this subject that you do now versus when we started it? Um, I just, it changed my idea of what a refugee is. Like, it's not just this person that's escaping just like war and like, it can be a natural disaster. It can be, it can just be people like fleeing because of a job, job, like jobs aren't doing good in the country. And I didn't see, I didn't know that before. For me, it was a lot of just putting more of a people to this because when you hear refugee you don't actually like see or know that these refugees and so it was very interesting just like 
learning about these people's stories and what they actually have gone through. All right. Uh, my name is Peter Bissinger. I've been at Stillwell 29 years and have co-taught with Melissa for seven. My name is Melissa Clayton, and I think that this will be my 10th year at Stillwell Junior High. All right. So can you tell us how this project kind of went from that first idea into, you know, the beautiful finished books that we've been able to see that the students created? We have a standard in seventh grade social studies. All our curriculum is based on standards uh, that regards human movement and uh, push and pull factors, why people leave a place and what draws them to other places. And I think it was in, uh, what year were we in St. Louis, Melissa? 17 or 18? Um, we were at a conference for the new tech network, uh, which was kind of the beginning of our project-based learning um, that we've been doing together for seven years. And one of the winning projects presented that year was something similar to this. Mm -hmm. And we were very inspired by that um, to, tr to try to connect it to that standard and some of the language arts standards and, and the seventh grade curriculum um, to put this uh, project together. And this was the third year we've attempted that project. Um, the, the first two years, it got interrupted by COVID. We, we had just started it when everybody went home in 2020. And then we went into kind of online learning mode for a brief time in 2021, just long enough to, to really uh, derail this project. So it was uh, really great to see it uh, finally come to fruition this year. So how did you uh, reach out to and recruit uh, local refugees for this project? Um, again, we've been trying this project for three years. So over the last three years, um, we tried to make a lot of different contacts um, through Google searches and through um, some networking that we did. I tried to reach out to as many um, local refugee organizations as I possibly could. Um, the first year and then even the second year, I got more response from those organizations than I did this year just because of the recent um, Afghan refugee crisis. The organizations were very busy. Sure. Um, so it was hard to make those contacts this year, to be honest. Um, I, I did uh, put a call out on Facebook. Um, Pete reached out to some people in the community that he knew were connected, um, but it took us quite a while to get the 28 different um, interview subjects. Um, there were, were a lot of hours and hours and uh, a lot of emails and phone calls even that were sent in order to secure the interview subject. We're very grateful to the people who helped us do that. So we talked about this a little bit with the kids, but can you go into you know, more detail about what the process was for them from, you know, interviewing their subject to maybe storyboarding to writing and illustrating? What was that like? For the project-based learning process, we always start with an entry event. So um, Pete had found a really great documentary called Human Flow that introduced them to um, 
different refugee crises around the world. Um, then we had um, the intercultural outreach coordinator from our West Wayne School District come in and do a refugee simulation with the students. Mm -hmm. They were placed into groups, which were, you know, their families and put into situations in which they had to flee and had very little time to decide what to take with them. Mm -hmm. And then throughout those journey, the journey, they, they kept losing not only items, but maybe even people along the way that they had to make decisions about. So that was our entry event. And then we also had Courtney Bench from the West Wayne Public Library come in and um, actually it was a virtual meeting. And she um, read our entry letter for the project that kind of detailed what the students would be expected to do and what the final outcome was going to be. Um, and got the students excited and then also introduced the the story boxes the meet your neighbor story boxes yep. to the students um with those story boxes we had the students um read through a lot of the the books that were available to them so that they could use them as mentor texts and um, think about how a story is told what the language is like in a children's book how it's different than a graphic novel, which was also one of the options, um, and how the art also enhances the story and shares details that the words don't. Um, so we did that. Courtney also introduced us to a lot of library resources that the students use to do some background research on the regions that they would be studying. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, we had um, two local experts come in. Ricky Dragoni, who is a local and published author, came in and talked to the students a lot about um, the importance of leaving out graphic detail and, mm -hmm. and how you can use artwork and few words um, to let the reader's imagination fill in the blanks for what you're not saying. Sure. And I think that that was really important for the students to learn because a lot of the stories that they heard were graphic mm -hmm. um, and very sad and not something that you would want to include in a children's book. So that was really good advice for them. Um, and then graphic artist, Nathan Wright, he's, he also writes for some of his books. He came in and talked to the students about how to use art to enhance your stories and then different techniques and modes that you could use to create that art. Um, from there, um, the students were paired with their interview subjects and um, we gave them preliminary questionnaires that the um, subjects had filled out and the students studied those questionnaires and then also studied the region that the interview subject came from so that they would know a little bit about their culture, the geography, um, and also the conflicts that might've left or, or led them to have to leave their country. Um, and then they started writing interview questions. We had an interview workshop where we talked about um, types of questions, how to be sensitive mm -hmm. to the subjects that they were asking about. Um, we, we obviously workshopped those questions to make sure that they were appropriate before the interviews happened. Um, and then they conducted the interviews. Some were over Zoom and some were in person. Um, then they wrote thank you notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so nice. we learned how to write thank you notes and emails. Um, we reviewed the interview and some wrote follow-up questions to their interview subjects and then they mapped out their story and then eventually the art. Um, there was lots and lots and lots of revision of both text and art. 
Um, and then we had the process of putting all of that together and designing our pages, which also took a while. The, the only thing I would add is um, watching seventh grade students come up with the kind of art like Corey shared that was done digitally, but also kids doing pen and ink drawings or watercolors. We had one book that was entirely watercolor and they used little miniature canvas to um, to create their watercolors. And it was beautiful, just stunning artwork um, to watch the kids be able to uh, put that into their work um, was so rewarding and so fulfilling. And, you know, I'm taking screenshots of their art and sending it to friends and saying, yeah, look at what seventh graders are doing. That's awesome. And, and to see the reactions of the students when their book came back, um, a lot of them compared their artwork to other books artwork, you know, ours isn't nearly as good. Oh my gosh, look at Corey's. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that once they got their books back, they all felt this huge sense of accomplishment and pride mm -hmm. in what they had done. And the idea that what they had done was important. And um, like Sully said, that it's not just for a grade, it's something for the community to see and to interact with. I mean, we've touched on this. My next question was, how did it how did this project positively impact the students throughout the year but is there anything in particular like that you saw in terms of growth or creativity throughout the year that you'd want to highlight about this project the empathy that this project helps them to develop and i don't think we'll necessarily see the payoff for that right away mm -hmm. you know where the kids are like oh i met this refugee and now my attitudes in life are totally changed, but it's, a, I think, a, a, a valuable experience that, um, frankly, I've never been able to provide to my students to meet um, in a small group with a member of our community um, whose story is worth telling, and every one of them was worth telling. Jeez. All these varied stories that will, I think, stick with the kids and years later just be part of the the events in their life that helped them develop into empathetic and fully caring and more globally thinking kids or, or adults down the road. I think that there were was a sense from a lot of the students about how much we take for granted on a daily mm. basis and about how privileged we are to be in a country where we mostly feel safe compared to a lot of the stories that we heard from the refugees. I 100% want to continue doing this. I think this is one of the most valuable projects we've done um, in our last seven years together for project-based learning. I feel a sense of accomplishment. Um, it took a lot of time and effort. <laughs> and so there were parts of me that during the project, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> um, but now seeing the, the finished project and the sense of pride that the students have and other people's reactions, um, I, I definitely want to do it again. I'm sure everyone listening is wondering now how they can look at these materials. Um, can you explain where in our library collection these will be in and how they can check those out? Okay, so um, if our community is interested in seeing these refugee stories that our students work so hard to get published, um, you can reserve the um, Meet Your Neighbor storybook 
boxes that were um, put together in conjunction with West Wayne Community Ed. Um, you can reserve those online or go up to the circulation desk at the West Wayne Community Library and put um, a story box on hold based on the region and the world that you're interested in learning about. If someone listening knows of a refugee or is a refugee that would be interested in participating for next year, who should they reach out to and what's the best way for them to do that? So I think the best way to reach us would be to email us directly. Um, our school email addresses are our last name and first initial at wdmcs.org. So mine is Bissinger, P-B-I-S-S-I-N-G-E-R-P at wdmcs.org. And my email address is Clayton M, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-M at wdmcs.org. And I might add that if anybody is uh, looking for uh, philanthropy, an opportunity to help move this project forward, that's another great reason to use our email addresses. All right, let's get on into the upcoming events here at the library in the next two weeks. I did want to leave a special reminder in here that we will be closed on Monday, July 4th in honor of Independence Day. We will have story times this week, like the week of June 27th, but we will not have story times the week of July 4th. And as a reminder, we have toddler story time on Tuesdays and family story time on Wednesday evening and Thursday morning. As for other upcoming events, today, Monday, June 27th, we have Life Around the Pond from either 1.30 to 2.15 or 2.30 to 3.15 p.m. Tonight, we have Book Club Social Hybrid Edition from 7 to 8.45 p.m. On Wednesday, June 29th, we have Babies on the Move Water Fun from 10 to 11 a.m. On Thursday, June 30th, we have Tech One-on-One -on -one Sessions from 1.30 to 3 o'clock p.m. On Friday, July 1st, we have Friday Flicks, where we'll be watching Sing 2 from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. On Saturday, July 2nd, we have Tech Help with Teen Sessions from 10 to 11.30 a.m. The library will be closed on Monday, July 4th. On Tuesday, July 5th, we have more Tech One-on-One -on -one Sessions from 10 to 11.30 a.m. We also have Summer Survivor on that day, either from 10 to 11 a.m. or 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. That evening, we have Dungeons & Dragons for adults from 6 to 8.30 p.m. On Wednesday, July 6th, we have two sessions of Learn to Hoop with Sparkle Hoop Dance from either 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. or 3 to 4 p.m. On Friday, July 8th, we have another Friday Flicks where we'll be watching Ghostbusters Afterlife from 1.30 to 3.45 p.m. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of In This Day and Page. I'll see you back here for our next one on July 11th. I hope you have a fantastic day.